Welcome back, folks, to 2 Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a waterbird boy, and a man with a super fan, Dan Masters, who's my good friend, a man who keeps throwing out god-awful music recommendations, and a man who's eagerly anticipating the arrival of the new Avenged Sevenfold album. Well, if you're human, Will, how you doing? I'm fucking depressed now that you've mentioned Avenged Sevenfold, A7X, as we in the business like to call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you, as you fans call it that, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, don't. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to rise to it. I, I don't need to rise to being accused of being um, M Shadows' biggest fan or uh, <laughs> the the Rev's not in it anymore. Who's? I, don't, I only know M Shadows. He's the only one that you need to know. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know anyone gone. else in it. I, 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 I only know him because he's friends with Chris Jericho, and that's why I know him. Is he actually? Yeah, yeah. Because Jericho's got a, a metal band, doesn't he, called Fuzzy, who actually aren't that bad. They're all right for a wrestler Perfectly. who's also a rock star but yeah they're friends so that's the only reason I know who he is I've, I've just remembered that the Rev is in fact dead you know pour one out for the Rev oh Jesus <laughs> right just quickly then just quickly then before we get oh, on to it because we've got a fair few to talk that's about go on so I'm just remembering all these uh, amazing Avengers Sevenfold members go on go on oh okay <laughs> I was gonna, no, we'll, we'll get off that quickly I was going to say and just quickly before we get into the hockey news because we've got a fair few things to talk about you put some music on Instagram the other day, something about something for angsty teens or something like that, called Satia or Satia or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, Satia, Le- legendary, legendary right. band. Right. <laughs> I respect. <laughs> I respect people's choices of music because it's it is an opinion oh, uh, form sorry, of entertainment. Dad, can I, sorry, mate. Can I just pause you a sec? Sorry, mate. Grace forgot that uh, we were recording. I thought she was having the baby. <laughs> I was gonna. Do you know what I keep thinking? I keep thinking we're gonna be recording this show, and you're gonna go, "Oh, right, a water's have just broke. I gotta go," and it's gonna be happening during the show. (laughs) I think even even then, though, to an extent, like once labour starts, like I'm not even hold it. Like once labour starts, like it's not. It's rare that it's like, oh, first sign of labour, bam, we're gonna be having the baby in an hour. Careful, because the way you're leaning now is leaning towards us being cancelled. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I think I think you know you you take the situation as it is. It's not like oh, I have my first contraction, drop everything, and let's stare at the bump until it pops out. We're recording this show, and all you can hear is your missus in the background. Well, oh well, I think the baby's coming. Will you shut up, woman? I've got to discuss the ducks' power play. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let let me let me let me be let me be. I've got I've got an argument to have here. So just quickly, uh, this yeah, Sasha, very very good band, mate. Very good band. If that's, band. if that's your cup of tea, agreed, agreed. But I do feel like every single piece of music I've heard you put out there, as in a recommendation, seems to be some guy stands at the top of some stairs with a bunch of musical equipment and just throws it down the <laughs> stairs and then screams at the end of it, and you go, "I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing." <laughs> So, there's no rhythm to any of it or like groove or anything i don't get it I'd, i i would disagree about the the rhythm and groove like there's definitely rhythm it's, it's it's not like i'm throwing out fucking like noise bands or anything like that like of which i can't can't name up right bands like fucking deer who for like you know weird jazz fusion bands or shit like that it's just it's just yeah i'll, I'll agree like the it, a lot of it's shit Maybe not purposefully, but like, um, what's the, I, I, I hate using the word because it's fucking, it makes it sound like a pretentious twat, but it's, it's punk, isn't it? Like that, that, that element of punk where it's like, we, you don't have to be good to 
produce music which uh, evokes an emotion. Do you know what I mean? Like it's emotional. It's fucking in the moment. It's it's punk. Is 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 the easiest way to describe it at risk of sounding like a lot of twat. I will agree with you in that you don't have to be good to provoke an emotion because that music definitely provoked an emotion out of me, <laughs> which was borderline anger. But anyway, severe, let's move on. severe, severe arousal. <laughs> yeah, to jump off a bridge. <laughs> so I'd have to hear it ever again. Hey, anyway, that, that's pretty. That's pretty in line with what they're going for, I think. So uh... yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, lots of stuff to get into today. Unbelievably, this very rarely happens is that obviously we don't have the ability to just record shows whenever we feel like it whenever news drops i can't remember the last time it happened that a big piece of news broke the second we finished recording the show but literally we finished recording yeah, that was the show. that afternoon wasn't it i it was i literally finished editing the last part of the show went onto twitter first thing i see claude julien gone from the habs so i think we could all i don't think anyone was surprised by it and obviously, the playoff run last year, I think, probably saved them a little bit. And they only got to the playoffs because of, obviously, the funkiness of the season. But they played really well in the playoffs. And it seemed like the young players had made that step up. It seemed like Price was back to his best and all that kind of thing. But the the rumour was that the room had gone and they didn't, like, enjoy playing for him. And it's, you know, very reminiscent of his time in Boston. The wheels just seemed to start falling off and players were unhappy and... Nobody seemed to be getting a chance, or he was very rigid in his methods and all that kind of thing. So, no surprise, but it is a big piece of news. And and I get it this year. Like normally, it, it kind of feels like, oh shit, that that was sudden given the hot start that they had. But at the same time, like you, for this season, for this team in this position, yeah, you know, they're in the North Division, had a hell of a start, playing wonderful, you know, playing really well and getting getting the results where they needed them. Bergevin is in a position where he's got to say, like, if we ain't winning it this year, like, how the fuck are we going to do it next year? And how can we, you know, we've shown that we've got that lightning in the bottle. I've got to do something to try and get it back if the wheels have clearly fallen off, which, yeah, again, combine it with all the, um, combine it with all the behind the scenes stuff that we don't necessarily know about or only gets leaked out in dribs and drabs. I, I not under normal circumstances, I wouldn't agree with getting been off a coach after a few bad games. But fucking hell, you've got a fair play to Bergevin for acting fast this this year specifically. Yeah, definitely. There was I think, and they had was it two eight game losing streaks last season as well. Sounds about so. Right, it? Yeah, you know it clearly hadn't been right for a while. The search begins for a new head coach. Obviously, as we discussed last time, I think when the Habs were looking for a new head coach, which I'm sure we were recording around that time that they're obviously going to need to get a uh, a French speaker in because it is important to that market. It is a serious thing. I think I've asked the question before, but if they would ever employ a coach who said, okay, right now, day one, I do not speak French, but I'm going on intensive courses this second. The second I found out I was getting this job, I've already started intensive courses. I'm I'm very well aware of what it means to the market. Do you think there'd be a pushback on that? Or do you think it has to be if you don't sort of live that market and breathe that French culture, you don't understand? Or do you think that fans would be going, okay, at least he's making the effort and trying? And Or do you think he's like, as long as he wins, who cares? Yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. I'm not, for obvious, for obvious reasons, not in tune enough, I don't feel, with like the Quebecois culture and, and life out there in French-speaking Canada. 
to to know what really the driving force behind that desire is. Like you say, is it is it purely a linguistic thing? Like you could get a fucking Swedish geezer in there who speaks French fluently and that would be fine. Or is it a culture thing? Is it an understanding of the people that they're looking for and the, and the area they're from? Like I'm not, I don't feel confident enough to comment on that. But like, yeah, depending on what that the answer to that question is, fucking why not why not but then, but then the question with that is like how how many how many head coaches who are looking for work would be that willing to make that kind of effort specifically for for any club like let alone Montreal who like aren't they're they're still they've done well so far this season but ultimately a middle of the pack sub playoff bubble kind of team do you know what I mean like how many I don't Yes, there are only 31 head coaching jobs out there, but most seasons there's maybe four or so going available, five, six, seven, however many you want. Like That's a hell of a commitment to say, right, I'm prepping for an interview. What I'm going to do is, is start... Yeah, It'd be one thing to say, I've got Duolingo on my phone, I'm giving it a good go, me and the owl are getting fucking... <laughs> we're getting pretty low. I've got, I've got like a six-day streak going on. There you go, Mark, and then Mr. Molson... That's doing well, but yeah, to say like, oh, I've already started an intensive course, that to me is kind of like, maybe it's more uh, reflective of my attitude towards any given work, any given job that I'm in, but that's, <laughs> that's a fucking lot like. of effort. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, like, would you want to be, if it was the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's like, this is a fucking must-have job, but like, the fucking Canadians, what, are you, <laughs> you're going to go through that much effort just to... Have just to have fucking carry Bryce submarine any efforts that you have to make the team any good. Well, yeah, but if I'm if I'm going for a coaching job with the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm going to start learning how to hunt gators and stuff like that. You know, you got to acclimatize <laughs> yourself to the market, get used to what they're going to do. But you know what is though? I think you have to think of it like think about this from a football stand, where because like people transfer countries all the time. In hockey, you'd either go you go from America to Canada or Canada to America. Aside from, I know there's players who come from Europe to go to America, but the norm is players either start in America or players start in Canada. But in footy, players do it all the time. I need to, I'm going to go and play in Spain. I need to learn Spanish. Like guys like Gareth Bale, Kieran Trippier, players like that. Gary Lineker learned Spanish and is still fluently Spanish today because he played for Barcelona. He learned Japanese when he went and played in Japan at the end of his career. Footy players do it all the time. So I don't think it'd be that big of a, a kind of a stretch for a coach to say, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go play in a French market. I need to learn French. I think it's important. I wouldn't do it for the sake of the interview. That, that's what there. I'm getting at. Like, yeah, I don't think it, I'd go in there you're... pretending. But I would say, look, if you hire me for this gig, I'm giving you an absolute 100% commitment. I am going on intensive French-speaking courses. And I, yeah, I, I just don't know how, how much of it, how what the what the angle is is it purely linguistic or is it a cultural thing that's that's the issue for me like i think either way history seems to have implied that you have to have it before you get there there ain't yeah there isn't any wiggle room how much of that is is almost um coaches being put off by that in the first place john the only non-french speaking coach that i can draw to mind john tortorella (laughs) Yeah, isn't going for the Canadian's job. He's not putting his name in the ring because he's like, well, I, well, I can't speak French, Brooksy. Fucking, uh, yeah. So what, what's the point? Like, how much? You know, it's a chicken and egg kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, Have we not think... seen this? Because yeah, there's two, there's two things at play here. Number one, from the coaching side, if you're a coach, you want to coach Montreal. 
It is one of those jobs. You, no offense to any team that's had more success. I mean, Christ, this is going to sound like a dig at Habs fans, but there's been a lot of teams recently have had more success than Montreal, but Montreal is still an appealing job. It's like, I'm going to keep mentioning for you. Sorry, new listeners. Hi there. Uh, I will keep sort of referencing football now and again because, you know, we're living in England. What can you do? But it's like Liverpool. Liverpool was still a desirable job because it's Liverpool. They've not won the Premier League for 30 years. It's still a desirable job. The Habs, to me, is still a very desirable job. More than most teams in the NHL. Even though they've not had any success. They haven't won a cup since 93, I think it was. But yes. That, that's still it's still a Montreal market. It still means a great deal. It's still all the history. It's still the everything that surrounds being a, a Montreal Canadian. And I think it's still an incredibly desirable job, even more so than teams that have won cups since then, like Anaheim or Carolina or you know yeah, the so Kings. They're, they're like, still to me, to me uh, the Habs job is more appealing than the Kings job, like like it's because it's Montreal. That, that's hockey, you know. That's okay. Habs Habs versus Kings is an interesting one because that is like a clear divide between what you're what you'd be looking for in a coaching role like if you're if you're taking away yeah location team name logo you know if you're purely stripping it down to roster and depth chart and um futures and stuff like that it's got to be the kings eight days a week i agree completely i agree completely yeah not to say that the the Habs don't have decent young players coming in. Like, you know, you've got Kokaniemis, your Suzuki's, there's Romanov's really fucking good. I think they've got some other... Maybe Cole Caulfield is going to turn into a good player. Who's to, who's to say what's going to happen there? Like, they've they've still got good youngsters coming through. But hand over fist, it's fucking... It's, it's the LA Kings for, for a pure team standpoint. But yeah, I, th- I think they're close enough that that would make it a question of what you'd be more interested in. Because when it comes to like a reputation and exposure standpoint, the two clubs couldn't be more different. I don't think. Yeah, if you're if you're a success for the LA Kings, well done. You're a success for the LA Kings. If you're a success for the <laughs> Canadians, you are a god. It's that simple. I mean, they will. That's it for the rest of your life. You can go anywhere in Montreal, and people will just give you free things and buy you free, you know, buy you stuff because oh, oh my god, you're the guy that made the Canadians good again. It's that insanity. But then also on the back of that, you have the other side of it. As we've mentioned before, when we've spoken to like Jason Paul and we spoke to Dyson Sphere and people like that, you've got to be able to navigate the media and the absolute batshit insanity of the market that that's all it is all day, every day is hockey and the Canadians. There's nothing else in that market with respect to you know the teams that play in MLS or fucking whatever, curling, anything like that. It, none of it, it pales compared to obviously the Habs. So... There is that side of it as well. Whereas you can be somebody from the LA Kings, you can have a shitty run of losing 10 games in a row. You can still walk down the street without getting shit thrown at you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Another question on that. Did, do you think the fact that they're in the North Division this year sped up Ver- Bergevin's kind of processes and his mindset? Oh, because without without doubt. Yeah, everybody should, be, everybody should be looking at that division. Like I said the other way, I think, Fans of the other teams should be looking at the division thinking we should at least be second in this division. Like Edmonton are not better than us. Winnipeg are not better than us. Vancouver are not, you know, every team's going to be thinking that about each other. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, um, yeah, as we've said before, it's sort of it's Leafs top, Sailors bottom, everyone in the middle, who knows what's going to happen. But from like an individual expectation standpoint, I think if I'm the Oilers or the Canadians in that division and I miss the playoffs, if I'm the owner, I'm like, fucking fuck a lot of you, you're all gone. 
that's a that is a failure as much as realistically it is kind of up in the air like comparing all the teams because there, there isn't that much of a difference between say the Oilers and the Canucks I think if obviously form and performance this year is indicated otherwise but starting the season it would I, I'd have had a coin toss between most of those five in the middle but yeah, from a from an individual expectation standpoint, if the if the Canadians miss the miss the playoffs this year, fucking hell, that's that is it for Bergevin. It's gotta be, absolutely has to be, and that's why Duchamp is only an interim coach, I think, and a lot of people think like I don't think that's new, a new opinion or new information. Like they aren't hiring a new coach because they think there's a chance they're going to be hiring a new GM in the summer. Yeah, you're right. That's a really good point, actually. Because it always happens, doesn't it? It's, it's the GM's last throw of the dice. Well, I can't fire myself and I can't fire the team. So let's try the coach. And if that yeah, if that doesn't work, you, then he's gone for sure. He's had bare coaches as well. So he had, yeah, he you're had, right. He had Claude. Who did he have before Claude? Who was it? Oh, uh, Terrien. Terrien. Yeah, some, someone before Terrien as well? Or I, I think. Do, I can't remember. can't remember. Yeah, okay. who, who, can, who can fucking remember that shit? So like, who's but yeah, the Terry? point is, yeah, Bergevin's been there for a long time. And if you're looking at that division, yeah. and he made a lot of moves in the summer as well, a lot of moves, didn't just stamp out and hope it worked itself out, gets a good backup, gets, because obviously has me more wingers, gets more wingers, <laughs> trades <laughs> trades a few players away, you know, signs a couple of free agents, and yeah, the start of the season, the market's buzzing and they think everything's going to change and just kind of went back to the same old thing. Yeah, they you... they've gone all in. They've gone all in on the season where teams are financially restricted. Uh, I, yeah. I know, I know, yeah. Molson are very, very wealthy as a company, but I'm sure they're probably still having some ill effects potentially due to due to coronavirus and stuff. And the fact that they've been willing to let Bergevin fucking wheel, wheel and deal as much as he's wanted to, basically. Yeah, this has got to be right if. If if this is the best thing you can do on a down year in a weaker division, in theory, where you know we've let you spend where other teams haven't, which should give you an advantage, and you still can't give up producer goods, like fucking, it's never going to work, is it? And, and I I wonder I wonder if even making the playoffs, like if they get bounced in the first, does he still have a job? If they get bounced in the second, do they does he still have a job? Yeah, like if they sneak in, if they sneak in and get bumped in the first. That's a great point because after the moves they've made as well, you think they make all those moves, get a good backup, change the coach, and it's still not working. It's like since since maybe like the first or second or third show we ever, ever did many moons ago, Montreal still don't have that guy who's like, that's our number one center. That's our guy. It's him. It's going to be him for the next five years. We've got a guaranteed 35, 40 goal scorer right there. We can pitch our tent with that guy and we're fine. Still haven't got that guy. Still. It, it's it, insane that they haven't even tried to do of, something to rectify it. Even though Kokaniemi and Nick Suzuki do have a lot of potential as, as top six centers. Well, that's it, it's just right, potential, isn't it? Like You need guarantees I th- sometimes. I think even, even if they make that potential, I think they're still going to be in that almost second tier of you know very good very good centers very very good players but like you say they're not going to be fucking that's the that's the dude that's that guy that's the fucking upper echelon it's almost going to be like um this is a, a bad example but more like a Nashville situation with uh yeah, Johansson yeah, yeah. And, and Duchesne obviously Johansson and Duchesne have been fucking dog for time now 
but it's going to be closer to that. Or you've got two very good, top, you've got two very good second line centers, two top quality second line centers, but you haven't got the one. You haven't got the dude. Yeah, you're right. Did you? Yeah. Did you see the uh, the Gallagher goal that was waved off against the Sands? No, I heard all about it, but I haven't I haven't actually seen it. Yeah, it was a bullshit call. It was a bullshit call. That should have been a good goal because and Matt Murray said goal, afterwards, goal yeah, I took my time. I took well that's the thing. Gallagher and Murray both went down on the play. There's a scrum in the front of the net. Gallagher and Murray both go down. Gallagher gets up straight away. Murray takes a little bit longer getting up, and then the puck goes in. And oh, Murray said afterwards, yeah, I took my time a little bit getting up. <laughs> but fucking, fucking that goal that. that goal goes in, maybe it's a different story. I'm not saying it is. But you never know. You know, sports are all about inches. That goal goes in. Habs win the game in regulation. Maybe they go on a little three or four game run. But it is uh, it is interesting how those things can happen. That those little moments can just turn things around completely for a team. It's a hard one, especially where it looks like Gallagher was more um, strong on by Nikita Zaitsev anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not like he necessarily went down of his own accord. But I, I still think, like, like you say, even even if that had gone in, like. You're you're already at that point. It's already it's already done, isn't it? Like yeah, I suppose that doesn't that doesn't undo the games before that. The crikey, if, if you're if you're looking at one goal separating, you know, one overtime win versus an overtime loss, deciding whether you've been off your coach or not, like you've you've clearly not given that decision enough thought. Yeah, that's a good point. Let me cast your mind back, ladies and gentlemen, as we go in the <laughs> way way back machine. Do you remember at the start of the year we were looking at teams and bullshit job titles in teams and I, I kind of had a look around yes. at some staff and was sort of questioning some of these jobs are like made up basically just so they can give their mate a gig do you remember that i sure do sure do do you know the habs have a director of goaltending oh that's that's worrying <laughs> right so pierre lebrun put it i think i think it was pierre who tweeted out this morning the first two things that came into my mind were, one, I didn't even know that was a job, that you can be a director of goaltending, and two, how has he only just got fired now? How is that possible? <laughs> and I don't he only understand. Gave it to the job in, uh, in January. Yeah, I don't understand. If anybody can enlighten me, uh, uh, Paul from uh, Paul Campbell from Wave Intel, mate, if you can enlighten me what a director of goaltending does, I would love to know. Because to me, you have your goalie, and then you have your goalie coach. You know, somebody who can spot things that can help him. What then does the director do? Does the director right. watch practice, come down, sit next to the coach and say, did you try asking him to maybe stop the puck going in the back of the net? And the coach goes, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Cheers, right, I'll go and work on that now. All jokes aside, I reckon it's got to be more of like an umbrella kind of role. Like he probably dabbles in you know, managing the coaches, a little bit of like player acquisition and scouting for the future. Like I kind of understand if it is that if that is the case, I kind of understand the need for that kind of role because goaltending is so different to the other five players on the ice. It is a very very specific position. So to have someone who's sort of in charge of every aspect of goaltending within the organization makes makes some sort of sense, even if it's just like to tie the lot together, so that you know. When the scouts are out there looking for goalies to draft or acquire, they know this is the kind of goalie that's going to work well in the in the system that the head coach is doing. The kind of goalies that the goalie coaches work well with, the kind of goalie that 
I don't know, are you going to need a 1B? Are you going to need a true backup? Are you looking for tall goalies, short goalies, fucking etc., etc.? Like, to have to have someone overseeing Who's looking the for whole... short goalies? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Habs are. I need a very short, thin goalie, please. <laughs> okay. But, well, maybe if you're tanking that year, maybe that's what maybe that is what you want. <laughs> fucking exactly, man. That's why Jonas Enroth kept getting jobs in the Sabres. <laughs> Good point. But do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I I see the value in that if you're using that role effectively, but I think you still raise a point of, yeah, what what is he actually doing? That's a, that that's a potential of what he's doing. If he's not actually doing that, then fucking what's going on here? Very weird. I find that, I, I do find that one of those jobs that started out one day because a goalie needed a job and one guy went, I don't know, director of goaltending? And the, and the boss went, yeah, good idea, that can work. And they just kind of went with it. Yes, it's, it's, it's such a vague job title. Director of goaltending. Like, is, is Kerry Price not the director of goaltending? Is that not? <laughs> that's what I mean. You have your goalie and your coach, and then you have scouts who look for goalies. That's that's it. Yeah, the director. Strange. All right. Should we, uh, should we start the show? Oh, all right. Yeah, I reckon this, this is it for for the Hulk. Le Hulk. Problem is, someone's got to go and tell him. Fucking hell. <laughs> over, over the phone, mate. You just hire him for the day. Just fodder. Hey, you, do it, you do it hey, when Mr. he's Mr. Molson, how can I help you? Just go in there and tell that man he's fired. Okay. Oh, Jimmy's been ripped to pieces. What a shame. You, you do it when he's on the lake, on holiday. You phone him. <laughs> like, it's, it's fucking over and you just like lock everything. You batten down the bell centre like it's fucking, like there's a massive tropical storm coming in. Boarded to... up all the walls. <laughs> you have to enclose the bell centre in that fucking concrete sarcophagus that they've got for Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's even even then that'll only stop him for ten days. But I mean, to be fair, no, that's a bad idea because that'll just make him more angry, and you don't like him when he's angry. <laughs> Give him something to smash. That's, that's actually, yeah, band smash. This is the second time in a row we've had to not. This can't be now. We have to leave this in now. This can't be the end, like the middle bit of the show. We don't have to leave this in because that was funny. I reckon he could run across the sea. Oh yeah, easy for sure. To... He just jump. He's the Hulk. He can just jump very far, can't he? All right. (laughs) Let's start the show. Let's start. Yeah, let's start the show. Support for Two Bits One Puck is brought to you by Manscaped. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, four long years later, we have our first official proper bona fide ad read. Do do do. Yeah, we finally we finally got it, everybody. We're now legit. Fucking look out, Joe Rogan. Here we come, baby. Manscaped, it is Jesus. the best in men's below the waist grooming, and it offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. So far, <laughs> 2 million men worldwide have gone and got themselves Manscaped. So join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. And it has launched in the UK. And, Will, I think we can definitely agree that we've all been there before when you're uh, looking down at a particular area thinking, well, that needs to be taken care of. And you either <laughs> hack at it with a pair of scissors like an absolute animal or you try hair trimmers and it goes horribly, horribly wrong. It's fucking horrible, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, any anyone on the gender spectrum can agree. No matter what gender was you're, you're working with, fair point. There's nothing worse. You're having you're having a wee tidy up, and you just feel it. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Do you know what it is it. as well? It's that noise. You know the noise. It just goes 
like that and you just oh oh and you just that tense and then yeah pain and then that's it but that is why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer they've perfected it and they have just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 in the uk and it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce accidents and they were very kind to send me and will a package with the, uh, the lawnmower 3.0 in it genuinely and i can't believe i'm gonna sound like such a shill genuinely it's seriously, seriously good quality stuff. I would, I, I can't believe how good quality it is. This isn't some fucking 10 quid ball trimmer from Aldi. This is legitimate, really nice, really finished. I'm holding it in my hand right here. Here's the proof. There you go. Oh, fucking check that out, mate. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, you can't do that. You can't be... You've got, everyone's got to listen out for his edited out the sound of him trimming his ball bag while we're recording. It's disgusting. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely disgusting. And there's also some cool little features, things you wouldn't think about when you're designing something like it has a light on it so you can see the hard to reach areas. You can use it in the shower. So no more standing over a bin bag trying to catch all those fucking hairs for fuck, which is just a pain in the ass. There's a charging stand so you can just have it sat there ready to go. The battery lasts for like 90 minutes. It's really, really, really good stuff. And you should experience it firsthand for yourselves. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BRITS at manscaped.com. That is 20% off Free shipping with the code Brits at manscaped.com. And I feel as though nobody's really talking about the real reason why you should do this, which is, and you know me, folks, I'm going to be blunt here. And when I say blunt, I mean kind of coarse. Ladies, gents, if you want your other half to enjoy being in a particular area, keep it neat and tidy. Keep it clean. When you get the, uh, the 3.0, you also get ball toner and ball deodorant. Make it smell nice down there. And then people are going to want to go back down there. It's very simple. It's very simple. It makes the world go round. Love, sex, beautiful things. And I think Manscapes can help. It's a fucking beautiful sentiment there, mate. Beautiful sentiment. It's good to know uh, Good to know that you're making the effort, Dan. I appreciate that. You've got to make the effort. Dude, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. And do you know what? Something else as well. Ladies, if you're listening, if you're... I'm not sure if Manscaped want women to buy this or not. I mean, it's called Manscaped. It's not called Genderscaped. I'm not sure. Maybe they're fine with it. I think, I think right? you can... I mean, hair's, hair's hair, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you women, if you're, like, if you're scared to go for a wax or you're body conscious or you don't like the pain of being waxed or anything like that, get a Manscaped and just do it yourself. It comes with a guard. You're not going to cut yourself. You can do it and you can take care of yourself without having to go somewhere if you feel embarrassed or ashamed. And actually, the same for guys as well. You know, I know, I do know one guy who goes and gets waxed. I think he's an absolute nutcase for doing that, but he does. Pa- but power to him, though. Power to him. Yeah, power to him. Power to him. It's about <laughs> we can't we can't let women have everything, will you know? They can't have waxing as well. That's just not on. <laughs> can't, be, can't be allowed to, to take care of ourselves. And it's it's not even yeah. like there's there's such a focus on like the the below the waist aspect of it, and and it really is a much more versatile product than that. The way they've engineered it to be safe and give you confidence when you are dealing with more sensitive areas areas of your of your body is fantastic i've had my my dear wife try it out she's done done her legs with it works fantastic for doing your legs do your armpits if you want to get your chest done okay any any way that you want to get rid of body hair because we're all, we're all different in what we like in in our own appearance and like our partner's appearance or whatever it might be like there's no shame in getting rid of body hair wherever it is on your on your body and 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 it, well, it really is versatile just because just because they're specifically engineered and very capable impressive bit of technology for below the waist grooming don't be afraid of getting it out to get rid of that thigh hair get rid of that armpit hair 
he'll do anything. He'll do anything for you, mate. You know what sounds really bad, though, is that for like the last two minutes, we've just been talking honestly as our experiences with it. And it's just going <laughs> to, it just, I'm sure people are going to be like, yeah, okay, we get it. We, yeah, this well. is generally just how we felt about it. It's a seriously cool piece of kit. Anyway, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with the code BRITS. We're also sponsored by Wave Intel, any hockey team. Any hockey player you want to look at, the data is there. It is clear. It is super easy to read. They are online and on Twitter. Wave Intel, being smart so you don't have to. Check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And of course, the show is always on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review. It helps a lot. Okay. We need, we need, a, we need like a crossover event between Wave Intel and Landscape so we can get like... Like expected bush, like I was uh, gonna say, pu- expected pu- pu- pubes above. Gonna be mine. Pu- pubes above replacement. <laughs> All that beautiful stuff. Yeah, you know, get get a player versus tool. Bergeron expected versus Kopitar. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Just all that, all that, that important stuff. Uh, it's important stuff. There's a five <laughs> on five orgy joke in there somewhere, but I can't get to it. <laughs> oh Jesus! I can't get to it. I can't get to it. It's just not it's, like. It's, it's a it's a it's a grooming product. No, no, see, we're not we're not promoting. Um, Fair point. Well, I mean, it does it does vibrate. Who's to say? Can can work in the shower. <laughs> you first again the multi, multi multifaceted tool. So yeah, sorry, God. very very multifaceted. Your first stars of the week this week are Andre Vasilevsky, who's all right, I guess, and Glenda M. Wright, who's been working at Tampa General Hospital for ten years. Wright oversees daily completion of more than 800 occupied room cleans, as well as hundreds of daily discharges, including the servicing of team member, non-clinical and ancillary spaces. Glenda M. Wright, you are a legend. Absolute legend. Like such an important an important role in society, no matter where you're, where you're doing it. You know, obviously working in a hospital for it, fantastic for Glenda, but you know, whether, you're, whether you're providing cleaning services to hospitals, fast food restaurants, offices, whatever, it's... It is so important and there must be so much pressure on that role at the moment, especially with like the, oh, yeah, the increased sure. awareness and and right right rightful focus on keeping everything clean and sanitized. So yeah, thank thank you very much, Glenda. Ten ten fucking years. Go on, gal. Go on. All right. What should we start with? Let's start with a, a couple of teams that seem to have turned the corner a little bit, as we're obviously <laughs> still only about twenty games in or so, but the Minnesota Wild and the LA Kings have seemingly got themselves on a little bit of a run in a very tight division as well. I think it's, uh, like we keep saying, the North Division is just like boring and pointless, whereas every other division <laughs> is actually close and interesting. So out West, in a division with St. Louis, Vegas and Colorado, we said at the start of the year that fourth spot could be up for grabs. And Minnesota and the LA Kings have actually given themselves a decent chance at kind of getting into the playoffs. And I think I think the Kings have have seemingly done it by just being bang average. Which you know, fucking fair play to them for a team that have been absolutely rock bottom for the last few years. Like that is that's still an impressive thing to do to go from picking second overall to being bang average. Power to them. Like I, doing a little little bit of look into what they've been doing recently. Like their their results are are basically. A fantastic example of what I was expecting going into the season for 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 a litany of teams. Really, they are just having up and down results. You can't necessarily, you know, they're winning and losing against every team in that division. 
you know, they've beaten they've beaten the Avalanche, they've lost the Avalanche, they've beaten the Blues, they've lost to the Blues, etc., etc. They are getting true five and five hundred hockey, really, which is by no means a bad thing, and much better than I think a lot of us were expecting with that goaltending, with that defence, with the issues in that forward core. The the thing that seems to be happening is their goalies are actually performing at five on five against the better teams. That's how they're keeping in it, rather than getting absolutely blown away by your your Vegases, your Colorados, your St. Louises. So that's that's something impressive. But aside from that, they're just doing a job, which fucking powder you can't knock that, can you? But the wild, the wild are much more interesting, I think, Dan. Absolutely dining out on the California teams. Dining out on them. I think they've played the California teams more than you know, more than the rest of the teams in the division combined. So that's where they're getting a lot of their point generation from. Uh, there's another thing. Yeah, they've only played Vegas once. They haven't played St. Louis at all. Uh, when they when they played against Colorado, their their um their results were mixed, a bit like the Kings. I think they I think they've lost two one one or something, something along those lines. But when you're looking at the actual content of the game, they're getting absolutely destroyed when it comes to like shot control and stuff. So maybe Colorado just aren't getting the bounces, haven't got the shooting percentage, whatever it is. To their credit, to the Wild's credit, they are doing well at limiting high danger scoring chances against. That's across the board, even including Colorado. So you know the the only upper echelon team in that division that they've actually played against with any regularity, they've still held it. So maybe they'll there's like they're not actually that much of a paper tiger. They might be able to hang on to it, but then there's still issues of. They have got the fourth highest PDO in the league and they're really overachieving in their um, expected goals. I think they've at five on five. I think they've got 44 and their XG is 31, which for a team that traditionally doesn't have that high end offensive talent, I don't think Kirill Kaprizov, all due respect to him, is good enough to uphold a fucking over, over 10 improvement on your XG for the rest of the season. I think they they have done well so far, and it, they are an interesting team to watch to see how well they do carrying on. But yeah, I think as soon as the the schedule picks up with more more trips to Vegas, more trips to St. Louis, that's going to uh, yeah, I, think I I could see the wheels falling off very quickly. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, you can only beat who's in front of you, can't you? And that's kind of oh, abso- absolutely, absolutely what they've been doing. But you are right. I mean, there must be. But then, but then maybe you know you beat those teams who you should be beating, or you you know you beat the teams who are going to be in and around you. And it breeds that confidence that maybe then you go to Lewis and you think, you know what, at the start of the year, I thought we might get roasted, but we got a shot. Like we've been playing decent hockey, and yeah, that is, I mean, like you say, definitely. the the goalies have been doing like incredibly, incredibly stable goaltending, like combined 9-16 for uh, Karkinen and Cam Talbot. Capo Karkinen, as we talked about the Blackhawks last week or the week before, with players who seemingly just have kind of jumped into the league this year out of nowhere and are playing well. Capo Karkinen's playing well, like 24, uh, sorry, 12 games, 9-15, 2.4 goals against. Not bad, not bad at all for a, for a young goalie. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I just don't think, I think, I think they should be able to get that locked down that fourth playoff spot in in the West Division, but yeah, I don't think they're going to end up. I don't think they're ca- going to carry on being like a top ten team in the league, or even challenge for second in that division. I think it's going to yeah yeah they're they're going to drop down. But yeah, again, like you say, it's that's still that's still good for the Wild considering. Dude, how good's Kaprizov? Oh man, <laughs> he, he is pretty good. You got you got so much fun. He's all, he's all right. So much fun. 
And it's, it's just like it's so nice to have that like, work out after so much hype for years and years of like, oh, yeah, he's coming, yeah. he's gonna come one day, and when he does. I don't know if you saw it as well, but there's a, a website called Architect Hockey that deals in stats and data and all that kind of thing. And they had Joel Erickson Eck listed as a, a forward who doesn't really drive play that much, yet he's very good at breaking gut play and is therefore incredibly, incredibly good defensively. And it's a, a footy kind of reference, but he's the Claude Makalele of the NHL, apparently. He just <laughs> sits there, Fucking breaks everything up, stops teams playing. I think, I think that could be a new role in hockey. I think we need to not a two-way forward, not a not a power forward, but like a breakup forward, something like that. A guy who just sits there pure, and pushes you off because you can't get anything against him. Pure destroyer. What do they call? Because it's still called the Claude Makélélé role. Like, what's that? Because it's not defensive midfielder. That's different. He's just like a like he just breaks up play. That's what Joel Eriksson-Eck does. He just breaks up play. What would you call it? Like, like I say, I think breakup forward is a good name for it. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's the issue where, yeah, it's so in in it's so associated with with Macalela. Like there's there's almost no need to change it because if you say yeah, you're right. If you say oh the Macalela rolls, oh okay, yeah, I know, I know what he's, I know what he's up to. But that's a fair point. I mean, maybe they'll do that. They'll just call he'll just be called the Eck forward. He's an Eck he's forward. A, that's what he is. <laughs> no, just, just keep calling him uh, the Macalela. Like, why not? <laughs> get, get a true off. synergy right. going. <laughs> I suppose, like you know, we've we've had checking line centers and like you know grinders and stuff for for What's ages. That yeah, that's always been a thing. But yeah, I I, I do know what you mean. Like it, from the sounds of it, he's he's taking a from the stats at the very least, he is taking an extra stride in it to to prove his his dominance. Like he's always sounded like um. Yeah, the word out of people who are analysing the wild, like one of those classic young centres that is doing really fucking well and just not getting the extra time on ice. And yeah. always a question of if he plays more, who knows who knows what he could do for us, sort of thing. So You look for Joel Erickson X, I've got it here if you want his average time. Yeah, we've got what's his what's his what's his time on ice? What's his time on ice? Seventeen seventeen twelve he's averaging. Okay, well they, would you look at that? He's playing more and he's he's doing well. Who could have possibly seen that coming? <laughs> Somebody who didn't play well the other night, Mister Mister Jordan Binnington. What did you think of his meltdown? God, it's it's like in like in the fucking AHL when he attacked Jason Dickinson for scoring a goal. It's like, mate, get what? What are you doing? What are you actually doing? Like you threaten, like trying to make Eric Carlson flinch on his way off the ice, and then square it up to Devin Dubnik. It's like, mate, fucking get over yourself, you racist prick. Like you get, you, you, he gives up. Not a shit goal because like it was a great goal by Evander Kane, but still it it, it was a, an unscreened shot from above the circles that went high glove on him. You you gave up a shit goal and you got pulled. Why are you throwing a fucking hissy fit and trying to fight people? Fucking get over yourself. And then then uh, then Craig Berube trying to like argue about receiving a a, a bench penalty. Because he because because he was a dick. Ah, like, oh, I pulled him. He's not my not my problem. He's he's not on the ice anymore. <laughs> it's a fair point. <laughs> I like the thinking. It's not it's not my fault. He's being a dickhead. I've tried to stop him playing, but now that's it's pathetic. I, I think he should get a suspension for that because that's fucking yeah pathetic. Is is what it is. It's embarrassing. I will say, and I will admit <laughs> to this as well. I thought it was really cool. I'm, no, yeah. I won't throw stones without admitting 
something that I would have done. Can I really say that in that situation, if I get pulled and I'm fucking furious and someone's chirping me, I'm not going to try and go at them? I can't say that I wouldn't. I know you may just skate off and fucking take it. But part of me thinks, oh, I might have done the same. I might, And I would have done the same as well. I would have skated down to Dubnik thinking I'm fucking Jack the Biscuit, seeing how big he actually is and then gone, oh, fuck that. And then gone off. <laughs> I might have been jawjacking him on the way down. And then as I get closer, I'm like, oh, shit. Dubnik's actually a fucking huge human being who would eat my fucking lunch. I'm actually going to just forget this now and just go away. But can I say that I wouldn't do the same thing? Maybe not, no. So I can't I can't be hypocritical and hit on it too much because I might have done that myself. It's 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 just the issue where like, you know, goalies get pulled all the time and don't do that. And then Bennington does it when he already has a history of throwing hissy fits and being a dickhead. It's like, alright, cool. Very, very fucking cool. A bang average goalie is getting pissed off because he let in a shit goal. Alright, mate. You uh, <laughs> let us know how that works out for you in the long run, you fucking wanker. I don't want to, uh, as we move on, I don't want to rail on social media teams too much, but I will do now and again. And you know the... <laughs> but I will do right now. I will do right now, because this is my lead into this little uh, situation we're going to talk about. You know that here's 15 quid, build your team, you know, and there's, there's like five players on each row, top line's oh, worth yeah, five yeah, yeah. quid, bottom line's worth a quid. Okay. So, Sportsnet put one out for because I've forgotten the name of the whatever fucking division Tampa in Central I can't fucking remember yeah Central yeah yeah the, so the they put one out for the Central, Central. They, the uh, the Ford Skoda Central whatever it's called they <laughs> they put one out for the Central Division and it was build a roster three forwards two defensemen for 15 quid I don't know who does this but they had Victor Hedman at four dollars and All right. <laughs> immediately Everyone was saying, no, hang on a minute. Victor Hedman should be $5. Mm-hmm. I actually commented and put Victor Hedman should be $6. He should be on his own at $6 <laughs> because he's that good. He's that good. He made Zach Bogosian look like a serviceable defenseman for like a Stanley Cup run. There must be no think tank or kind of discussion groups around these tweets because they because Sportsnet sent that tweet out. And all they just got was a bit of, like, what is this? Like, why? This doesn't make any sense. You've, you've got, like, stupid... Like, Mikhail Sergachev was a dollar. I think it's a, it's a thing of, like, it doesn't... They almost want it to be bad. It's like their NHL.com lists of, oh, the top 20 D-men, the top 20 centers. Like, you need it to be a little bit bad because otherwise people aren't going to talk about it as much as if you just put out a, an appropriate one and you get a few people interacting in the way that you would expect them to. But it's more valuable for the media company to have, you know, twats like us saying, fucking hell, do you see? They said, Colin McDavid's only worth two quid, and they put fucking, uh, <laughs> yeah, Joachim Nordstrom as $75. Like, yeah, that's that's the, that's the kind of it you want. You want negative, negative reactions create more more engagement, doesn't it? That is a fair point. That's a fair point. I only, I only brought it up as well because there was one last night for... Uh, there's loads of talent between these players at age 26. At age 26, oh, just which, one of these, which one of these would you take? Morgan Riley, Jake Gensel, Seth Jones, or Andre Vasilevsky? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> why is this even a thing? No offense. Seth, Jake the Snake. Seth Jones. I've been, I'm a, I've been a Jake the Snake fan for a long time. I think Morgan Riley's good. I love Seth Jones. But dude, if you're not taking Vasilevsky off this list, <laughs> like, why wouldn't you take Vasilevsky? That's just insane. 
Do you want a fucking coattail riding winger? Do you want two perfectly decent D men? Or do you want the best goalie in the league? Uh, <laughs> hang on. I need to go consult my team. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> who's who's gone almost two hundred minutes without scoring a goal uh, conceding a goal? He's gone longer than that without scoring a goal. Like, yeah, he needs is it like two and a, he needs like two and a half more games for the league record. Fucking hell. Which is still a long time. A long old time. But very possible in that division. That's something else we talked about the other week as well. How legit are these records, really? No, again, again yeah. that's a great achievement. No offense, but in a season where you're playing, say, say that, say the the Tampa, say that Tampa played Detroit five games in a row, and he plays every game and keeps five shutouts. That's not a legit record. <laughs> I'm sorry, or like that's not or legit. A, a team, back to back teams who have you know, a, a COVID <laughs> list that's long enough that. They wouldn't be shut down, but like, yeah, say you've got fucking whoever on on your list. You know what I mean? Or maybe you beat a team 2 0 that doesn't have its number one centre, its top line winger, its number one goalie, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, are those real wins and losses? No, I don't think so. I think that's not true at all. But yes, it's like we were saying last week about um, about the Hart Trophy race and stuff like that. You can't, if if you can't, adequately assess a Hart Trophy case for this season. And yeah, uh, at the same time, you can't really put that much weight and stock into any records that are broken. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I did put a a tweet out the other day, just as a joke, about (laughs) you know somewhere that an Edmonton writer has a file entitled When Does Peter Chiarelli Get Some Credit? (laughs) Because of the Leafs aside... The Oilers have been playing very well recently. And if they're going to a bit of a playoff run, you can just guarantee, you can guarantee that article is going to come out because someone's going to say, oh, look, he signed Miko Koskinen, like a really great one-two with Mike Smith. <laughs> he got McDavid and Dreisaitl to sign great eight-year contracts. And the absolute best of all, who looks silly now, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Like, <laughs> you can just see it coming a mile off. Yeah, like definitely, but I still don't think that Peter Chiarelli deserves any credit whatsoever for this. I completely agree. <laughs> he he lucks out with that Drysdale deal, like him turning into one of the better, potentially the best European player in the game at the moment. If we're counting uh, Russians as non-European, uh, who's not called Victor Hedman? But go on, who's not called? Oh, it's not called Victor Hedman. That's that's it. That's that's, that's what I said. Potential, potentially, potentially. Okay. okay. That that you can't retcon that Taylor Hall trade into being a good trade just because he's shit now. That's not fucking. Oh, but people will not, though. Those, yeah, they definitely will. But like anyone who does is, is an absolute disingenuous idiot. Because because <laughs> you still should have gotten more than if you still still should have gotten more than that at the time. And yeah, Miko Koskinen. All right, cool. A goalie is playing well. So fucking surprise. Like I mean, you know, you're not giving Stan Bowman loads of credit for getting Kevin Lankinen out of nowhere. It's yeah, nothing. <laughs> The Oilers' success is in spite of Peter Chiarelli. He did nothing out of the ordinary to help build this team. Nothing at all. I agree completely. I just, but I can just see it coming it's, a mile coming. off. I can just see it coming who's, a mile off. Who's going to write it? Is it going to be Speck or is it going to be um, uh, Matheson? <laughs> That's which one of those two is it going to be? I don't. know. I mean, I was thinking maybe you know, like a like a local uh, like a newspaper reporter or. You know, you know what we just said. Like we just said with the with the Sportsnet build your own team thing. 
Make a name for yourself. Get your name out there and get clicks. Say something that's going to incite a few people. Yeah, definitely. I, I know. I know more like ju- hockey journalist names for having diabolical takes. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know who Adrian Data was if he wasn't such a fucking idiot. That's a fair point. And, and there are plenty of really good writers out there whose work I've read, whose names I don't remember because it's like, yep, that's right. Cool. Instead of saying, oh my god, what the fucking hell do you know? Insert name of terrible reporter here. Yeah, yeah, well, 100%. But that's it's hate Hate breeds infamy, doesn't it? And That's a good point. <clears throat> I did have to mention as well that as we do seemingly get more listeners, it's funny sometimes on Twitter that people don't get our in-jokes. So I put on there about <laughs> Peter Chiarelli deserving loads of credit for these things he's done. And then somebody replied saying, no, 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 you're really wrong. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I know I'm wrong. Sorry, I'm just no, joking. you're wrong. No, you're right. And then we got, and then we got into an apology off, which was no, no, sorry, it's my mistake. I should no, no, no. It's fine. It's my mistake. Now, sir, no, let me apologise more. So it was funny. But as we do I, pick I up more very- listeners, we may be able to start uh, inserting little bits in just to explain the in joke at the time. We we need like um like footnotes and a style guide. Like all right, <laughs> almost anything is is said completely in jest. Apart yeah. from when we are, if we're shouting, then maybe it's not in jest. Anything else, it might as well be a lie. Yeah, it's a fair point. So, trade deadline day is approaching, and I'm expecting it to be quieter than it normally is because it gets built up into this big thing, and it's normally just a big fart. But whatever. But the trade bait boards are sort of being released, and a name near the top of it is Taylor Hall. I'm asking you a question, Will. On this day the 3rd of March, 2021, would you trade for Taylor Hall and what would you offer in return? Not specific players, but what would you offer if you were going to trade for Taylor Hall right now? That's a fucking tricky one, isn't it? That's a tricky one. I'll I say, probably would trade. I'll I would say. trade for him. I would, depending on what the ask is. Because he's, he's, not, he's, not he's not setting the world on fire, but... <laughs> As we could all see coming, he is playing on the Buffalo Sabres. He is playing on the Arizona Coyote. He is playing on the Edmonton Oilers. He is playing on the New Jersey Devils. Like this, this guy has never played on a good fucking team ever. And I I do, I do think he has that talent still. If you, you know, Jack Eichel is a good player, but even Jack Eichel is not having a very good season. Like Jack Eichel has been unable to drag the Sabres out of Sabresness. Yeah, as as we as we said last week, we, we don't need to tread over that again too much. But I think I trade for him. I wouldn't necessarily want to give. I wouldn't. It sounds mental to say, but I'd be reticent to give up a first round pick for him. Yeah, me too. So as much as it's not his fault that the shit teams he's he's been on have been shit, he's still getting to that point of like, look, mate, you've you've been around a lot and like. You ain't done as much as you should have been doing. But he's still an incredible player. I agree. Would you be reticent to give up a first round pick even if you're a team that was going to contend, definitely get into the playoffs? <sighs> yeah, I'm I, thinking... I think I think that I, I, I think that's a I, w- I wouldn't give up a first if I was a bubble team necessarily. Yeah. Like for Arizona. a couple of months to take the whole <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if if it was like Colorado, fucking one hundred percent. If it's Tampa Bay, one hundred percent. Not that I think either of those teams have their first round picks, but I'll give you that. If I'm a team that I know I'm going to be picking 25 or later, or even 20 or later, to an extent, yeah, fuck it. I'll I'll spend that on on Taylor Hall. 
because he is really good. He's really good. It's just that curse of yeah. If, if I'm the Montreal Canadiens, I'm not doing it. Is <laughs> one way of looking at it. I was just going to say, dude, he somehow is going to end up keeping that streak or adding to his streak of getting a team the first overall pick. I was just looking at the the Sabres picks as well. And when you give up first round picks, we've discussed before that Tampa last year, if you're giving up first round picks and you're definitely making, why not? Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. So I just went down and looked at where players have been picked overall in drafts who currently play for the Sabres. And again, I don't know if this is apropos of anything or if it means anything, but I just find it interesting. So on their current roster, shout out to the guys at Hockey Reference, they've got a seventh overall, a first overall, a second overall, a first overall, an eighth overall, a seventh overall, a second overall, an eighth overall, a seventh overall, a second overall. And they're still this bad. Now, I agree, you know, there's many, 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 many more factors that go into that. I understand completely. Doesn't yeah, really mean I feel much. there's a bit of there's a bit of a difference between comparing like Eric Stahl as a second overall to yeah, Jack Eichel as a second overall. But I agree, you know, I, I agree. I, I get your point, like you're not guaranteed franchise changing players just because you're picking third, fourth. Yeah, fifth. exactly. Do you know what as well? You can add to that even picks in the first round. Seventeenth overall, twenty first overall, twenty sixth overall. I mean, that is damn near half their roster is made up with first round picks, which I guess most rosters would be, but like a lot of those are high end. I don't, and it just I goes to show, doesn't it? It's a complete, it's a complete crapshoot on, on what you get and who you get and how much they want to learn or change or grow or get used to the game or like, you just never know. That's why I keep, I've, I've hammered this home so many times. If I'm trading for a player, don't give me a second. Give me like two fourths and a fifth. Or give me three thirds or something like that. Just give me players. Give me players, players, players. So I can just get a massive squad of players and I'll find the best ones out of that because you never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't quite think that's the way you want to do it. I do still think there is markedly more value in like a second overall pick than two fifths. But I think past that and depending well, on yeah, the. Yeah, seconds or two well, fifths, I'd, I'd say, yeah, right. I'm not having that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do, do you know what I mean? Like, quantity isn't always better than perceived quality, or you know, stating around. But yeah, I, th- I think once you once you're looking at like late thirds onwards, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. If you can if you can flip a third for two fourths, a third for a fourth and a fifth, fucking go for it to your to your heart's content. I just quickly, I just quickly checked on Tampa. So compare that to Tampa, who've got a fourteenth overall, a second. A twelfth, a fifth, a ninth, a first, and a nineteenth. That's it. Well, the rest which aren't is... even in the first round, <laughs> which is mad, considering. It's pretty. Dude, it's pretty it's... cool. Yeah, like I mean, I know break, breaking news. You know, it's all about structure and development and people. You've got you know what's going on in the back room and all that kind of thing. But first for Taylor Hall, yeah, I think I probably would. I think I would, especially, yeah, like you say, if you're Tampa, Boston, Washington, the Leafs, yeah, why not? You're guaranteed to get yeah, you've, him, so you've co- You've convinced me it. now. Do you, where, where do you reckon he's going to end up then? Because he's got, he will be moved, no doubt. I think, hmm. See, we said, we said ages ago, didn't you, when, when he's going to go to free agency, we said he should, like, Colorado. And he said, well, I, I want to win, and I, you know, I, I don't care about money, I want to win, blah, blah, blah. And then he takes $8 million at Buffalo. So, I mean, to me, yeah, just, God, get him in Colorado. 
just have a fucking just have a devastating top nine, like, even like a good top six, dude. If he goes to Tampa, yeah. I'll fucking kill somebody. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like seriously, if they somehow swing a fucking Taylor Hall trade for like a fifth and fucking Jim the Bagman, dude, I'll be fucking furious. Furious. Do you know what I reckon? God, go on. Florida Panthers, mate. Florida Panthers. That's not bad. That's not bad. I I feel like that's in line with his clear MO of going to a team that looks like they might be on the up, but could also quite easily have the fucking ass (laughs) fall out of them and just be shit. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Because it ain't going to be the Bruins or the Colorado or the Avalanche because that's that would be too fun. That would be too good. Yeah, Shit, that, that makes too much out. sense to yeah, go yeah, to a good team to try and win a cup. I yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's yeah. I, I think I think the Panthers are going to be my pick. That's a good shout. That is a good shout. I think yeah, they got, got about three three and a half million dollars cap space as well. So. Yeah, projected. So like, they've got in. all their picks for this year. They've got some young players. Like I, I think he ha- if if, they, if the Sabers don't move him, get get rid of him. The NHL needs to step in and be like, look, mate, everyone here is clearly incompetent. <laughs> there might be some sort of gas leak. Hi, like yeah, there's whatever. There's something. There's something going on here that's fucking shady. Like where's this fucking front for a mafia thing? It's fucking <laughs> madness. <laughs> Someone, someone needs to call the Federales if they don't trade him at the deadline. Yeah, Florida got the pieces to move out as well. But I, I love how if you look at the trade board, like the athletic big trade big board, the big board. We love the big board, the big boy board. Um, I want to sign. I want to pay an extra fee to the athletic for them to send me a big cork board with all the players on it. Little uh, little pins, fast. little pins in, in little cards with yeah, the players' yeah, name exactly. on it, so you can move them around. Yeah, yeah I like that. It's a good it, idea. It, Athletic it branded. Fucking, yeah, I want it to be a board. Don't don't just show me a list and call it a board. That's not how it works. Yeah, he's, he's fucking twenty. He's twenty fourth. He's twenty fourth. He's below Alex Goligoski. He's twenty fourth. No way. Jake Vatanen. Like I don't, I don't know what 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 goes into like this order. It's, it's Taylor fucking old, and he's a pending UFA. Why he's you? Why Jake Vatanen. A guy who yeah, can't Jake. even like get any game time in Vancouver. It's like the fucking what, what, what are we what are we talking about? Brandon Sutter. What's happening? What 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 is this? What's going on? He's like third so, or fourth on the is it TSN or Sportsnet's one? He's like third or fourth know. on theirs. Fucking weird. Like why why is Jack Eichel so high? I know he's I know he's a name, but he's Taylor Hall is is still very good and far more likely to be traded. Like what's I don't, I don't understand it. It's <laughs> making my brain hurt. I'm fucking, what are you, what are you doing? Twenty fourth, Jesus. Is his stock fallen that far? Apparently so. It got, mate, if it has, gas leak around the entire NHL. Fucking hell. He's got. You got to think any team who is, I mean, like we're saying, like Colorado, Toronto, any team that's looking to get a cup after a long time of not having one. They're gonna. They've got to do it. Why would you just stand pat? I, I'm gonna keep. I'll bring up Tampa again from last year. Tampa did what they needed to do last year. Was it worth two first in the end? Fucking absolutely, it was because they won a Stanley Cup. That's the goal. You want to win the cup, and if you if you've got if you're in win now mode, you fucking sell the farm to get that win and to do it. And if you can do it, great. 
Uh, but then, then there's always like other issues around it that stop you making a move for a player like Hall, like you know, be it lack of assets, lack of cap space. Like the Canadians don't aren't necessarily going to want to bring in another centre. Um, there's like there's, <laughs> there you go, yeah. Like I'm I'm more interested with you if he, if if a team doesn't snap him up, fucking idiots. But then it it kind of raises the question of do the Sabers know what they're doing? Like in the, not not in like a competency kind of thing. Like, do they actually have a plan for if for this season having gone awry? I can answer both those questions. Well, no, <laughs> no, they don't. I genuinely then had to stop myself shouting no when you said, "Do they know what they're doing?" I had to genuinely stop, no like that because like, they don't. Have you seen it for the past no. ten years? They have no idea. You trade your first for Taylor Hall. You have no worries. That's never going to come back and bite you in the ass because it isn't. Because they're going <laughs> to draft going some to the fucking. Sabres. Yeah, they're going to draft some fucking college dude who's going to end up being nothing. It's fucking Ryan O'Reilly all over again. We did it a couple of weeks ago. Taylor Hall is going to go you're, somewhere. You're oh fuck! Right. Here we go. Here we fucking go. Taylor Hall is going to go somewhere. He's going to fucking win a cup and the Con Smythe. I it's guarantee it. The Norris. <laughs> fucking imagine mate imagine land, finally lands at the Bruins Bruins get that cup that they've deserved and uh, yeah Taylor Hall bish bash bosh I like how you're saying that a team has been in three cup finals in ten years is finally going to get the cup they deserve I appreciate that thanks <laughs> yeah I, I think the Bruins do in the same way that like the, the Lightning have deserved a cup and then got one like the Bruins fucking deserve a cup without a doubt is that because are you saying that because it, because they've gone about things the right way they try and They've tried to build the team the right way, and they're not like. like mean, why would you say that? Why would you? I'm generally curious now. This is generally curious. Why would you pick the Bruins and say they deserve it? I'm generally curious as to why you think that. It's a good team. Played oh, okay, really, okay. played, played, played really well. Played really good hockey for however long like, they have been. If you're going to look at like, like, yeah, the last ten years, like which teams have been the best? Yeah, the Bruins deserve a cup. In the same way that a few years ago, the Sharks deserved a cup. And like in in some ways the Blues deserved a cup because they played really well for Capitals. Fucking go go down the list. Like we've been fortunate in in a lot of ways that a lot of the recent Cup winners have deserved it. If you had to give me two teams to say that, I would I would pick Toronto or Colorado. They'd be my two teams who I think, yeah, okay, it was about time and. They've gone about things the right way. They've torn things down, built it back up, made the right moves, tried to improve, and all that kind of stuff. They'd be my, they'd be my two. I, th- I well, think, like, like you say, yeah, there's, there's probably a few that deserve it. Yeah, the the Abs and the Leafs are are really good teams, and like today are good enough to win a cup. But I think it's there's it sounds stupid to say, but there's got to be like an element of longevity. It's almost like an old guy without a cup, but for the team, you know what I mean? Like that's the Abs haven't been good enough for long enough to deserve a cup you know what I mean the Leafs I don't think have ironed out all their creases enough to deserve a cup they play beautiful hockey and they've got great forward talent still have a shaky oh. defence and their goalies fucking wank you know where Taylor Hall's going don't you you know what where he's says? going it's a deadline day massive free agent you know where he's going oh shit of course he fucking is how are they going to swing it though <laughs> you know okay you know what I'm saying don't you go on who am I thinking who am I looking at it's a Vegas Golden Knights, of course it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, Vegas. Of course he's going to Vegas. Dude, how are they going to swing it? It doesn't matter how they swing it. They're just going to swing it like they always do. They're just going to sign him and be like, yeah, we'll worry about that in two days. We'll, we'll work it they're out. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure something. Yeah. Just, I was going to say they're going to bid off like Charles Stevenson, but they're not. Yeah, 
They're not. <laughs> they'll just carry on. They'll trade him for tell me right, Marc-Andre Fleury. Dude, tell me right now, I am not crazy that this won't happen. Pacioretty and a first for Taylor Hall. Why would you trade Pacioretty for him, though, when you've got Pacioretty well, because- up and he's playing good? Because you think you think Taylor Hall's gonna well, but there, he was he was there was trade rumors in the summer for Pacioretty. like oh, yeah, he was out there when they were looking I, to make nah. space for Petrangelo. All, all due respect, my dear friend, that's fucking madness. Trading trading Pacioretty the first for a pending UFA, like that's fucking insanity. That's I a agree, crazy thing but to this say. is Vegas we're talking about. This is what nah. they do. They they ain't gonna do that. They ain't gonna, they might what Riley Smith? What about Riley Smith though? I'll, t- I'll take a, I'll take a proposal about Riley Smith not playing as well as he should be this season on a bit of a big ticket for another year. Bish bash wash swap out. I believe swapping out Riley Smith for fucking Taylor Hall. I could see Riley Smith and or just would you just tr- go Riley Smith? No, no, but I think you'd have to do an and because he just ain't doing that well. Riley Smith for the first for Taylor Hall. See, I, I could see, I could see it, at- and if I was confident that I could lock him up, I'd fucking do it. Same, yeah, I agree. same age. Yeah, but do, and <laughs> it's all Vegas doing it. Like, oh, Vegas up against the cap there, aren't they? They've just signed Petrangelo for nine million. What? How they? What? <laughs> I beg your pardon. Well, what they did was they traded a very good defenseman for a very, very good defenseman. Ah, yeah, I see. All right, they're like fucking Mark yeah, Wow, yeah, good now, move. Like... Good move. The deadline by the by Vegas to pick up Robin Lehner. Well, what's up with what's going with Flurry next year? Oh, they got two goalies worth twelve million. I'm sorry, how now? What's that? <laughs> Like they're just gonna find a way to make it happen. That's what just they gonna, do. Just gonna carry on, whatever, whatever. Me, me, more like right. fucking like. If I'm go on. if I'm if I'm nailing my colours to the mass now, and I have to make a prediction for like this trade. Here's what I'm predicting. I think you're right about Riley Smith. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Riley Smith, oh, a first. Yeah, they would because they'd want it. Riley Smith, a first, and let's go with Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs as well. Like we say, though, you think Taylor Hall's that good and can get you over the line, you do it. It's Vegas. They're still this long in, still playing with house money. Still. They should be bad, still, and they're not. Ah, it's just... They ain't... They they need centers. They're gonna need. They need centers today, let alone fucking tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? I, mate, mate, it's Vegas. That's not my Vegas problem now. That's my Vegas problem in three weeks. Oh, it's, fucking, it's fucking true. It's fucking true. In it. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't add it to my to my accumulator. I wouldn't. I wouldn't chuck him on there personally. <laughs> but um. Yeah, maybe. But, fucking, but then I don't think they've been that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, they did. It did Suzuki in the Pacioretty deal, like Brandstrom in the Stone deal. Fuck yeah, they don't give a shit about kids, do they? <laughs> Fuck, it's going to happen, isn't it? Vegas hates kids. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas does hate kids. It's eighteen plus, mate. Of course, I hate kids. Yep, Vegas Jeez, not boys. a place for kids. <laughs> That's why they only trade for vets. They want. There's like a, a, a mandate from ownership like now we can only have players that are going to contribute to the economy in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. That's why the youngest player on their roster is 21. That's madness. That's, all, only that's all he's allowed to be. Fucking, Dude, yeah. he's going to Vegas. I'm fucking calling it right Shit, now. Like, right I now. I, 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 can't even, I can't even argue with that because you're probably yeah. fucking right. They got the players to move. They got the picks to move. I think they could. I think, uh, yeah, there we go. All right, okay, let's move on. We spent way too long on that Taylor Hall thing than I thought we would, but whatever, it's fine. 
Who gives a shit? All right, last thing. A little game. I was uh, I was driving home the other day, and I was oh, thinking yeah. about a certain player. I won't name them just yet. But I was thinking, <laughs> would I even... Would out. I take... This, yeah, forget it. Would I take this player even at 50% of their current contract? So I thought, we'll have a little game. We'll call it 50-50. The rules are very simple. One team in a trade says, we'll give you this player. We'll keep 50% of that contract. There's nothing going the other way. It's basically a salary dump. And then would you then take on that contract even at 50% of that current AAV value? Who's, who's going to put the first name out? Me or you? What do I do? Go on, I'll, 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 put, I'll put one out there. Because I, I wanted to avoid like the obvious ones. Yeah, you fucking, like your Kerry Prices, your Bobrovskis, your Brent Seabrooks, like whoever. I, I wanted it to be a bit more than just your garden variety bad contract. I didn't want to say Jeff Skinner. Oh, no. I really hope we don't pick the player I... Because I did the same thing. I was like, okay, there's some bloody obvious ones here. But, like, there's a couple that I'm looking at thinking, ooh, that could be tricky. For 50% value as well. Go on. Go on. I I hope we do, because then they'll really put the nail in the coffin as to how bad this this player is or how not worth their contract this player is. Uh, Yes. It's it's a young Matthew Duchesne. (gasps) Okay, no, it wasn't, but he was one of my three. (laughs) Fucking there you go, mate. Matt, Matt Duchesne, like, it's hard when you say 50% retain, though, because, like, 4 million for a centre is still not that bad. But Matt Duchesne has been fucking dog. He's been dog for time now. He's he's fucking awful this year. Absolutely awful. And I, I, don't, I, don't think I'd, I don't think I'd take him for 4 million because I feel like I could re... I, for what you want Duchesne to do, he ain't doing it, whether you're paying him... 4 million or 40 million. He's just not doing it at the moment. I think you can reallocate that cap space. Yeah, you see, a 4 million million centre is going on your second or third line, or fourth line if you're Vancouver. Your second (laughs) or third line. (laughs) Your second or third line. And that's the thing I... I I do agree with you. Can I even trust him on my third line to produce third line stuff? And I think you're right. Isn't minus 14? Because on the first line... He doesn't produce first-line stuff. So if I drop him to the third line, why do I think he's then going to start producing at a third-line level? I don't think he would. And I'd yeah, rather and spend... He... I'd rather separate that $4 million into two $2 million players who I might have more of a chance with. Yeah, he's, he's not he's not defensively responsible. He's underperforming on his expected goals against. 40, at 5-on-5, five five, 14 expected goals... Con- 14 goals conceded at 5-on-5. Five on, five on five, and he's only expected to have 10 despite you know, Jesus. that's how bad he's playing anyway. He's not he's not performing. Like it's not a great stat, I appreciate, but he is a minus thirteen on the season. It's like, mate, for an eight million dollar centre, even for a four million dollar centre, like he's he's got his shoot, shooting his shooting percentage is bad at the moment. I'll give you that. But he's he's giving up shit on the back end. He's not producing. He's got forever left on that deal. I I ain't touched him with a barge pole. Six percent shooting percentage. Six percent. Fucking hell. And that's 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 all situations because at five on five, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. four point four. Oh my god. It's like bruv, come. Yeah, he's got fucking what, six years left on that deal? Yeah. No, five? Jesus Christ. Yeah, Christ. yeah, that's so bad. That's so bad. It's fucking, fucking Yeah, you're right. It. I wouldn't I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take that deal. Excellent. I just think. Yeah, you're right. A, that's a good. That was a great. That's a great first one to pick, because you. 
he's like we said for a long for the longest time he's been living off for some reason some kind of reputation that he got from somewhere he was, like, he what, was 20, good for Colorado 2013-14 he had 70 points in 71 games and he's not come <laughs> close to that ever since he's, he's actually no sorry bang, I take that average. back I take that back 2018-19 he had 58 points in 50 games for Ottawa I'll take that back so he was good then he was good Fuck but that was it yeah that's it that is it. If he was making, if he was making four now as my second line center, I'd, be, I'd, you know, that that's a weird thing about like cap value and stuff like that. If he's just making four million dollars now, I, I'd be like, yeah, okay, he should probably be a bit better than that. But okay, it's not bad. It's not going to kill you four million. But if you're saying to me, would you take fifty percent for four million? I'd be like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> that's terrible. I st- I still think if he's valued at four, like he's not going to get as much scrutiny for the way that he's playing because of the nature of like cap values and that. But he still ain't playing to a four million dollar pace because of where you have to put him in the lineup. It's it's like Jeff Skinner. Like if Jeff Skinner was being paid three million now, you're still like, well, he's he's not. He ain't doing it. Like he's not. He's not a bottom of the lineup kind of player. Neither is Duchesne. And if you're not doing it in the top of the lineup. Doesn't matter how much you're making, you're, still, you're not you're not fucking doing it. See you later. I did just want to circle back on something quickly. An inside joke. This is something that we should mention for new listeners. Is that me and Will realise that plus minus is a dog shit stat. Yet it's funny when we can use a joke out of it. That's when we'll use it. Just so you know, because oh, in that, his career, Matt Duchesne's a, in his career, Matt Duchesne's a minus 103. <laughs> oh my god! And I do still think that like, when you've got such an egregious number as that. Minus a hundred and three for an eight million dollar player. Like, mate, I, yeah, he's not the only reason them goals went in, but he still was on the ice when those fucking goals went in. So, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's the thing. That's like, yeah, madness. we make we make like plus minus is dog shit, but when it's that bad, okay, that means something. When it's minus one hundred and three, okay, there's something going on. Like that does show something bad. God, minus a hundred and three. What a legend! What an absolute legend. Here's mine then. I'm just going to throw the name out there and I'm just going to get your instant reaction to what you think. Jonathan Taves. Yeah, I think I take him at five. At five, five, two, five, five, 5.25. 5.25. I think I, think I would. Well, I'd, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say now because you don't know what's actually going on with... We still haven't any up, had any update on his mystery illness, have we? No, well, pre- pretend he's not. Pretend he's not injured. Pretend he's not injured. Because yeah, again, that does. Yeah, I wouldn't go with that. But I, I think I'd still take him for five for another two years after this one. Definitely, I, I think I, I think he's good. He's not ten million good anymore, but I still think he's good. You still think Price he's five million? million you still think he's five million good? I, again, <laughs> again, points don't tell the whole story. Had sixty points last year. Almost a point per game the year before. Like I still think he's good on the other side of the park. Like, yeah, five million dollars for, for Jonathan Taves. Like I, yeah, one hundred percent. I'd probably, I'd consider taking him on for more than that. Really, I'm surprised. I, I tried to put one to you that I thought you would, not just one that I would think about because I was like, well, yeah, I think because I'm, I'm the same. I think I probably would. I just had a feeling that you'd be a bit more. Oh, I don't know in that one. I'm surprised <laughs> I, you kind I, of went yeah so quickly. I, I know what you mean, but like I, I do, I don't think Taves is a problem in Chicago. You know what I mean? He's his cap here is the problem in Chicago, and Kane's cap here is the problem. You know, it's all that accumulated money, and then other players such as 
your Keith and Seabrook not doing it and then not being able to fill in around the edges as they had been able to for so many times. I'll, I'll still rate Jonathan Taves. Yeah, not he's probably not one of the 10 best centres in the league anymore. He's not a $10 million player by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, Christ, if you're offering him to me for a little over five, eight days a week, mate. Eight, I'd, I'd take Jonathan Taves at five quicker than I'd take Matt Deshane at four. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah, for sure. Five, yeah, take Jonathan Taves at five and stick him on your second line. Not a bad second line centre, that, is it? Even then, even then, if you put him in like that Jordan Stoll role and have him as like your third line centre, yeah, fucking yeah. you're like you're a pricey third line centre, you are laughing, absolutely laughing. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Taves in a in a different role with with a different, you know, a deeper team than Chicago down the middle. Because I still think, even though, you know, Strom and Pius Suter are playing well and stuff, I still think he is their de facto number one centre when he comes back, if he comes back. But yeah, if you, if you chucked him on, on a team with a, a younger top-line centre, come on, mate, I'd, yeah, I'd like to see what happens there. If, if, he, if he went to Winnipeg, I'd like to see what he, what he do in Winnipeg. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you're right. Being a, being a Manitoba boy. Okay, all right, there we go then. Good game. I do like this game. It's going to be thought-provoking, so especially. That's good. Thought, all right. Yeah, good. Oh, there we go. I can I have to have a stretch? Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you to our new listeners for tuning in as well. Will, any last words? So I've got a, got a baby due. Any second now, yeah? <laughs> Literally any day any, now. Any, it could, 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 happen, could be happening right now. I've got my headphones on. Who knows what's going on out there? <laughs> baby, Baby's going to need milk, yeah? Yeah. Got a toddler. She's addicted to Super Mario. She needs Mario games. Got a wife who's recently found an absolute love of cleaning, which is very beneficial to me and uh, very detrimental to the feminist movement as as large, but that's, that's a different conversation. She needs to be kept in high-quality cleaning supplies. Yeah. So that's why I need you to go to Manscaped, <laughs> enter the code BRITS for 20% off, free shipping, so that you can keep my family alive. For the love of God, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Please, because I can't, I can't have... A three-year-old saying, "Daddy, when are we getting the new Mario game?" And I turn around and say, "Look, I haven't sold enough Manscaped uh, razors, so I can't, I can't afford it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, little one, but I cannot provide you the Super Mario experience you're looking for because Jeff in Durham has a hairy ball bag. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. I'm gonna leave it there. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Peace." 